0: This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors Podcast. I'm Canyon Clark here with Nate Burgess again this week. Uh, Scott Clark and Jeff Fry are on with us. We're going to be covering an article by Steve Shirk out of the October edition of North American Whitetail. It's called, Is October the New November? Uh, We're going to be talking about what you can do to have more success in October versus wait until November. Obviously, there's a whole month there where if you're not hunting it right, you get caught in that October lull Maybe you're not seeing the deer you should, and you're wasting a whole month of hunting just waiting around for November. And maybe the weather's better in October than November, and you really need to be hitting that. So that's what we're going to be talking about. But before we get started, I know Nate introduced himself last time. So Jeff, just a little bit about your hunting experience, when you started and all that, and then we'll go on to Dad. Oh, I don't know if I can remember that far back.
1: <clears throat> I started in '84, but- Jerry Wilson, he was my high school coach and started out for recurve mm-hmm. and went on up to compounds and uh, I hunted pretty hard up until the, uh, mid 2000 and teens, you know, <clears throat> I got out of it for personal reasons for a while and now I picked it back up and went for crossbow. Basically due because of my age and physical
0: limitations, but, you know, excited about starting back into it again. Mm-hmm. Why don't you hit yours? And I know you can talk about a little bit about your
2: uh, experience in the industry as much as your hunting. Yeah. We, uh, my dad and myself, uh, we opened archer shop in 89. We ran uh, two archery shops at one time for a total of about 15 years. So, and then I've been processing deer in that part of it, uh, since 85. So we've, we've been from one end to the other in that deal and when, been hunting off and on all, all that time. So okay. that's pretty cool. All
0: right. So that's kind of, you guys remember Nate from last week, hopefully, if not, you can go back and listen to that one. Um, we're on YouTube and Spotify both now going to get on the iTunes store and Google podcast as well. Hopefully this week or next week, so you can find us there, but we'll just jump right into it here. Um, Like I said, is October the new November is the name of the article if you guys want to check it out. um, He starts off, he says, they say the best time to kill a buck is whenever you can get in the woods, but there are certainly better times to hit the deer woods than others. Factors such as weather, time of year, hunting pressure can play a huge role in whether you even see a deer, let alone have success. Success." Um, Then he talks about last year. He says, last year, many deer Hunters across the country ended their season scratching their heads, especially those who put all their time and money planning their hunts around the month of November. Generally, November is considered the best month to hunt whitetails in North America, but last season was from, was far from a complete bust for those who got a start in early October. So, uh, we kind of experienced that, like you said, processing deer last year, um, up here skinning them and whatever. It was pretty busy, even early in the season with the weather came in last year, and that's kind of what he's going to hit on here. So He says, his guide service ran over 100 trail cameras in northern Pennsylvania during the 2020 deer season. We recorded daytime buck data from October 1st to December 15th based on our trail camera findings. What we found was exactly what most hunters throughout the country witnessed. Peak daytime buck movement was indeed during the latter part of October. He says, if you were in the woods from October 24th to November 3rd the past season, you likely witnessed the best stretch of daytime buck activity. We saw some banner days in mid-October as well. Our cameras were on fire from October seventeenth to nineteenth. This three day stretch was during the first prime cold front that hit northern Pennsylvania in October. I was fortunate to get out and bow hunt on October 17th. Although I didn't fill my tag that day, I had incredible action. So right there talking about the cold fronts that moved through, a big thing to look for in October. And last year was a, a perfect year for that. I don't know if you remember remember back to last year, kind of maybe some of your hunts in October a little better than years past
3: uh so i typically don't do too much hunting in october um there's definitely good uh good opportunity to be had there i can totally agree with what he saw on his cameras uh i do remember it started on october 16th for me uh one day ahead i'd say that's probably how long it took the weather to get to that guy Mm -hmm. i had one of my nicest bucks uh really start moving october 16th i do remember that um 27, 28, 29, I had lots of daytime buck activity, uh, two bucks that I was wanting to get uh, get a chance at. I do specifically remember them moving. Um, they were hitting uh, edges of bedding areas and scrapes early in the morning. Um, I, If I would have been in the tree, I could have had, probably would have had a legitimate chance at them. Um, 27, 28, 29, right through there. Um, November 5th was good to me uh in that area uh but i wasn't able to get in the woods last october too much mainly because of harvest uh, right. we were still right. trying to finish up and everything uh but i totally agree with what that guy said on what he was seeing on his cameras uh mid-october it did really start for me uh the last few days in the month on camera uh bucks were seriously moving
2: mm-hmm. and i think
0: again what he's talking about those cold fronts moving through is kind of one of the biggest things guys miss because they're either just looking at the barometric pressure or they're looking at winds and stuff like that. And they're looking at those cold days and they're only hunting maybe the back half of that thing moving through rather than, okay, I've got a huge temperature drop from one day to the next. If I have a morning stand that I can hunt in October, because generally you're not hunting a lot of mornings in October. Um, But if you've got a good stand set up for it, that's a morning you go out there and hit when you've got maybe a drop from 75 degrees to 55 degrees doesn't necessarily have to be 35 or 40 but you get that big change in temperature really see a lot of movement which is what we saw last year and kind of what he's talking about here i don't know kind of talking about last year as far as getting deer in goes i don't know if it was any different
2: than years past or saw any of that you you have you have your hunters now that back in the day you know Uh, October 1st opening season you know just about everybody had to go you know that was like a a holiday Uh, but the deer wasn't as prevalent around here back then and so it was it was a big deal now not so much hunters uh, depend on the weather whether they're going to hunt even that first week or not Uh, but as far as getting deer in last year it started early and it just kept steady all the way through and, and it was due to to as much of, of the cold fronts moving in and coming in and staying and then than anything that i i think uh, anyway mm-hmm. and that's another thing too is where not just necessarily
0: a cold front coming in and staying and then it turning off cold for two weeks because then at some point in there you'll kind of see them slow back down and get into their normal patterns again whereas if you get a front moving through one week and then it's out and it's hot again for a couple of days and then you got another front behind that those can be really good days too in there with those fronts, different fronts moving through at different times, not necessarily just the same cold weather over and over. And that's kind of going to be a theme throughout October hunting, and I'm probably going to try to do a video on that next week as far as kind of what you can do to have early season success, and most of that is going to have be based around hunting the right weather, not necessarily burning out stands on those hot days where maybe you want to get out and go on October 1st just because it's the first, which looks like we're going to have pretty good weather this year anyway. You know, looking at those kind of days, uh, not burning your good stands out on the bad days. If you want to go, maybe you got to stand on the outside of a buck's home range or not your best stand. You can go hunt those on those hotter days, but maybe not necessarily going in and burning yourself out. Even just going and not seeing any deer, if you do that enough times in a row, it gets, you know, hard to go back out. Harder to go back out than what it would be if you're sitting those good days and seeing deer, you know, 50, 60% of the time you're seeing decent deer. So Here's the thing about the cold
1: weather and stuff. You know, usually your mornings are going to be colder than your evenings anyways. Mm-hmm. And it's just like we've been through a pretty warm summer here in southern Illinois and rest of the country. And so the deer is just like us. Boy, that cold weather hits. It's like, oh, you know, I'm ready to get out and run around and look around and be a little bit more active. And so on your mornings, you're going to see, especially after a cold front, you're going to see more activity. That's just right, a natural part of it. But also on the flip side of that, too. You know, I've been helping your dad skin deer and, and with the locker and that for 30-some years now. And another thing you got to remember is whenever you're hunting in October, if you can hunt in the cool mornings, you know, that's the time to go. Because if you do kill a deer, it gives you more time to take care of that deer mm-hmm. before it gets heat, heated up in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives you more time for recovery. You're not out there at the night trying to find this deer before the meat gets rancid
0: for sure. And so you got to take that in consideration too. Yeah. Even if you kill a big deer on that day, you're still not only hurrying up to get it, but then you got to sweat your butt off. Right. You drag <laughs> the thing out and dress it and all that. And yep. that takes some of the fun out of it too, for sure. I actually had that conversation with one of our guys in Kentucky. Their season opens earlier than ours and they have a crossbow season early too. Well, oh, it's, and we get it sometimes in October where it's 85, 90 degrees and a guy just doesn't really want to go out there and sit in that for the reasons you said, and the the deer probably aren't moving anyway. But again, even if they are, you got to deal with that. Right. you got to think about after shooting that buck. So there's that too, for sure. So we'll get back to the article a little bit here. Um, he just came off talking about that hunt on October 17th. He said, just following those days, the woods were ripped up with rubs and scrapes. In the past years, we've noticed that the first cold front, usually arriving around mid-October, really seems to increase buck activity, and if it stays fairly cold from then on, the bucks will continue to be more aggressive and daylight active. It says, from November 4th to 10th, we saw a major decrease in daytime buck activity and deer activity in general, but the night movement was heavy. What we found was a major warm front hit the northeast during this time period and had a huge impact on daytime movement. So, I think some of that, like where we're seeing, maybe not out in the woods, but up here, seeing deer come in, is our, the numbers are maybe still going to kind of be higher than they were in October because more guys are taking their vacation days in November, so there's more people hunting. But I think across the board, that range right there, which would have been a couple days before that range for us, where it was real warm the beginning of November, and I remember this from sitting in the tree, uh, they are pretty slow, you know, when that warm weather hit. Even though it's November and the bucks are looking for does, um, it's still a little slower. And he talks about the, the daytime movement there, which I think as much as anything that'll have to do with where he's hunting, how his property's set up, um, maybe the bucks aren't moving onto his property when it's hot, because they're still feeding two times during the day, three times during the day, and two times at night. So maybe he's on the outside of their range, and when it's colder, they're moving farther and getting to him on his cameras. Um, so maybe a lot of that'll have to depend on where your stands are set up and how your property's laid out, too. But again, the cooler weather is going to bring them out farther and you're going to see more deer, even if you're on the outsides of that, even if your property's not really set up for where those bucks are going to be. Maybe it's a cruising spot. You're going to see more of that cruising activity on those cooler days, too, for longer periods of time. There's another variable at play,
1: too, whenever you're talking about daytime movement in that period of November is that, you know, guys are taking their vacation. You get more people out there in the woods in the daytime. And so the bucks, the mature bucks, are going to adjust their patterns to that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why could be another reason why he was seeing less movement in the
0: daytime and more of a night. Right. And even that, he's an outfitter. So even guy just having guys on his property, if they don't know what they're doing and they're out there spooking deer, I don't think you necessarily turn a deer nocturnal because all deer are nocturnal anyway. I think you push them off however many yards, like you're talking about, changing their patterns, and then they're only getting back to your property at night. So, I don't know, kind of talk about a little bit of of that variable, like what you're talking about with the hunting pressure and stuff, which which we see a lot too.
1: Well, I've seen a lot more of my hunting, mainly the two weeks before shotgun season. And you wouldn't see nothing in the mornings. Right. And you wouldn't see very much in the evenings. But the most deer I saw was between... 11 o'clock and three o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. and that was because the bucks had patterned the hunters and so they was moving when they knew the hunters wasn't going to be there right and one of the biggest deers i killed i killed at
0: 12 30 on a thanksgiving afternoon mm-hmm. and shotgun season has a lot to do with that too i mean you're talking about before but just right. guys <laughs> taking their november vacation in general but um that during that november time frame that 11 to two o'clock window can be pretty good because those bucks are on their feet and looking too during that time so they're going to be moving more but again it comes down to the weather so i don't know if you remember last year as far as the those first weeks of november i don't know when you started your uh we'll call it last year or yeah or kind of what you remember from that
3: um i think i started november 2nd uh when i got my vacation if i remember right um i was wishing i had the first uh the first a few more days uh earlier Uh, to get started i think i might have had a better chance uh, at one of the bucks i was wanting to kill Um, like i said 27 28 29 Um, he was uh, he was right there around uh, one of my doe bedding areas he's working scrapes in the morning Um, just a thicket about a six acre thicket probably uh, on the edge of standing corn Uh, good bedding Uh, in one end of the woods there's uh, there's oak trees Uh, works down to a draw in a creek and he was cruising along the creek. Um, he was moving, uh, I don't know, 30 minutes after daylight. He was still uh, still out hitting scrapes, mm-hmm. uh, making rubs. I had him on camera there. I wish I could have got to him uh, a few days sooner. I think I might have had a chance at him then. Uh, but uh, November 2nd is when I started. Uh, still was seeing pretty good buck movement uh, in the mornings. Um, I don't remember you know, having any slow mornings. Um, just nothing, nothing I wanted to shoot, uh, until the 5th. Um, I did kill a buck November 5th. Um, uh, I had to give him some time. I gave him three or four hours, uh, before I went to him and it was heating up. I do remember that it was starting to get warm, uh, there in the middle of the day. I think I got to him, uh, oh, maybe noon, one o'clock. Mm-hmm. It started to get warm. So it was warm, uh, November 5th. I do remember that for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it did stay kind of warm, uh, for that first week of November um so it uh of course there's still uh the rut was just really kicking off you know mm-hmm. the first few does were coming in those bucks were going to be out there looking uh, but i uh i didn't see didn't see outstanding uh buck right. activity you know that first week there uh but i did i was able to put a narrow in one um but that uh i do think what that guy said that uh that good cold snap there in october um if i could have capitalized on that I might have had a, a better season last year. Still not disappointed with what I had, right. uh, but I might have had a better season if I would have properly capitalized on that, uh, if I would have had a chance.
2: Right, right. You know, I think Jeff touched on something earlier, uh, talking about that, you know, the buck's going, hot, ah, it's cooler. You know, that that cold front, uh, when we get deer in the first October, uh, their coat's already changing. They're already putting on their winter coat. Uh, some of them already have it. Uh, most all of them will at least – be in that in that change mode you can see the different colors hair in them and you know they're they're moving over now bucks especially um, they're going to lay up at not necessarily hunt that cold front when it comes in hunt the back side of that cold front after the temperatures are already changed and because the bucks are going to go, yeah, it feels better now, right? Yeah, I'm going to get up and move a little bit because it is 20 degrees cold. Not not hunt the cloudy day with the wind as it's moving in. Hunt the backside of that when it's, when it's already changed because the bucks are feeling better. They are moving a little bit in cooler weather, especially early October. Now, when you get into rut, you know, all bets are off. Yeah, cold weather is okay, but the rut plays a part in that early October before the rut. Take a look at the backside of that cold front. When the weather's after, the weather's already changed. Now it's not going to stay cold forever, so there's a window there. Mm -hmm. But take a look at that window.
0: Yeah, and I think the best, biggest opening in that window is if that cold front moving is moving in on say a Sunday afternoon, and it's pushing through into Monday morning. Maybe you go hunt that Monday afternoon where the temperature settled and it's kind of settled. Maybe you still have a nice steady wind. And, and I think the deer know that that's coming too. Um, I know a lot of guys look at barometric pressure, but as far as I know, and seen a lot of the insides of deer, uh, I don't think they have a pressure gauge in them, but I do think they can feel the wind. And I think they know that when they feel the wind on a certain side of them, whatever it is with the light and the sun, however they do it, you know, they feel the wind coming from a certain direction. They're smart enough to figure out, okay, that means this type of weather is probably coming. Because we know when we get those north winds, generally that colder weather's moving in. And then as they come around to the other side and blow it out of there, we know what's moving out. So I think the deer can see that a lot. And not to say that you shouldn't pay attention to barometric pressure. I just think it's more of a indicator of what's going on as opposed to...
2: It can be a guide. it can be a guide for you, yeah you know, it's just as a guide to what's going to happen and, and yeah, yeah, you're right. so you walk outside with a long sleeve shirt on, you're going, uh, maybe I should have put a short sleeve shirt on today, mm-hmm. dear same way, you know if, if they've got their winter coat on and they get up, they're going, yeah, maybe I'll lay back down, right, same thing, yep,
0: yep so here he gets into talking to some guys from Exodus Trail Cameras, and I think it's pretty cool what they're talking about. Uh, he does go on to say that there was another cold front that hit during mid-November, which was, would have been right around shotgun season when when we really saw a pickup in deer movement and deer being killed, which is going to happen every year anyway with gun season. It's easier to kill them more guys hunting, but when you compare it to other years, I think it was probably a, a pretty good year as far as that, and I think the weather had a lot to do with that, so... He talks about that, and then he says, by November 20th, though, most rut activity was over, and then from then until no, December 15th, their daytime buck activity was at its lowest during the study. Then he goes on to talking to these Exodus guys, and they run over 200 trail cameras across several states, so they're kind of getting a wide view where most of us have 10 trail cameras over two properties, three properties. These guys have two over 200 cameras over several states, so... Um, I believe this is Chad Sylvester. He's a co-owner of Exodus. He says when a front hit a Midwest state like Illinois, we could basically follow that weather, even weather event west to east on our cameras with increased activity. So like we all know weather generally moves west to east like kind of like we hit on earlier with being a day ahead of him in Pennsylvania or whatever it is. So but they could kind of see their daylight activity and the bucks ranging farther and more activity on their cameras when that cold front came into Illinois and then it went on to Indiana and then their cameras picked up in Indiana. And then when it moved to Ohio and even farther East, then their activity picked up there too. So kind of solidifies everything we've been talking about as far as that weather front goes. And you can follow the weather front along with the activity. So I thought that was kind of cool to see from guys who are running a ton of cameras that most of us can't really see, you know, uh, but where it is, it's over several states. So it's not like it's just happening in Illinois or Iowa or Minnesota. That stuff, that weather affects them no matter where you're at. So then uh, Jake Hoffer, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right or not. He's also from Exodus. Uh, He does most of his hunting actually in northern Illinois. He says in 2020, late October proved to be the most intense time for mature buck activity on trail cameras between bedding areas and community scrapes. He says in Illinois, from October 23rd to 31st, was the peak of daylight activity on various farms throughout the north-central region of Illinois. The intense weather fronts only magnified the already strong annual buck activity in late October. So, right there he does talk about every year, there's a reason guys take their vacation in November and late October is because there's generally going to be pretty good movement anyway, just because of the the does coming into estrus and stuff like that. But this stuff is going to magnify that if you can get a good weather front coming in and hunt those days, hunt the best days, that's when you're gonna see the most activity. You're already gonna see some because it is October, but if you want to get the most out of your sits and make them the best you can be, look for those days where there's weather too. And um, I know it's hard to plan your vacation for that, depending on what job you got, who you're working for, or or how many days you gotta take, how many you gotta put in ahead, but maybe you can move that vacation around a little bit, you know, one day or the other. Like if you're gonna take a Friday and a Monday off, And the weather's coming in on a Wednesday. Maybe you talk to your boss and you can bump that back to a Thursday and then get back on Sunday. And you're hunting the two days on the front side of that weekend that are going to be better than that Sunday and Monday. So, something to think about there, too. Um, And I I assume when you're on your your vacation there in November, you're hitting it pretty hard no matter what. So, But you can probably see with that weather, uh, you'll have some days that are better than others. You'll have sits where you're kind of out there bored and being that it's november like you said didn't have a lot of slow mornings necessarily because mm-hmm. it's going to be fairly cool but some days where it's really booming you know maybe some of those better weather days as well even in early november
3: yep oh yeah um i remember uh one morning can't remember which day it was it might have been november 4th i can't remember for sure uh, but i did have a, a really good sit tons of buck activity i had a hot doe around me um, <clears throat> the nicest buck didn't get close enough to shoot of course Uh, but i did see a a lot of good running um and he had her down there uh there was a a draw and then he'd run her up on both sides of uh uh, the ridges on both sides of that draw and they just chased in there for hours you know it was Mm -hmm. great um but then uh of course once you get to the rut some guy say, "Ah, oh, I'm not seeing nothing. There ain't there ain't a deer in this woods, you know." Mm-hmm. And a guy half a mile down the road, he can say, "Ah, oh, I was seeing them everywhere, you know." Just depends on uh depends on the dose at that point. Right. That's what I've always felt like. Um yeah, you're either in the right, sp- right spot or you're in the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did have a a few really nice mornings uh last November. Uh, seemed like they were all sunny. Uh, I don't remember uh too much. Uh except for in gun season. In gun season I did have a, a awesome uh morning sit uh downwind side of a bedding area in the rain uh mm-hmm. last year saturday of shotgun season was just a wash i mean it was nasty yeah uh, but i put my rain suit on i got in there um of course i'm talking about mid-november now uh, but <laughs> right. anyway i put my rain suit on i got in there i sat on the ground next to a deadfall uh about 60 yards off the edge of the downwind side of a real thick bedding area uh and they were going crazy in there mm-hmm. i was hoping uh for about half the action that i saw that morning and there was just deer everywhere you know mm-hmm. um it was on uh the bucks knew where the does were they were just running them around in there um mm-hmm. but uh yeah weather it sure plays a big part in it um but uh i suppose when the rut's on you just need to be you need right. to be out there because you never know what's going to happen
0: right and you talk about that saying you're in over here you are in mid-november now but those are like you talked about that weather day, some of those days in October where it's maybe spitting rain or raining a little bit and you do have that colder weather, you can use those same ideas to make your October better, which is what we're talking about. Having the similar activity in October, not because the rut's going necessarily, but because the weather's moving through, which again in November you can hunt a lot of days and still see quite a few deer just because of the time of the year. But in October, If the weather's not right, you're probably going to be bored out of your mind. Yes. More than likely. I think there's a good chance of that. Or sweating or both. Yep. You know, so it's good to find those days in October, more so even than it is in November, because where you're going to be seeing movement anyway in November, you're not in October. So kind of ways to maximize those sits in October. Um, Just real quick, he kind of hits on that again as he moves into another section of this. Throughout the last decade, I've planned the majority of my October deer hunting, around cold fronts. October can be brutally slow when the weather is warm, but if you throw in a 10 or 20 degree temperature drop, you'll likely see deer activity as good as it gets. Some of my best archery bucks have hit the dirt just because of a temperature drop. And I know you've killed several nice deer. I don't know if, I don't know what times of year all of them were, but whether it's just because the ruts going, or if you remember any, any time or any change in temperature or anything like that around <laughs> when you've killed any of them.
1: Uh, everybody always wants to take that first week or two before the rut kicks in <clears throat> for their hunting. And that's fine. I mean, I, I did too. And I've seen a lot of activity then. But my biggest time, my biggest week in October was always the week of Halloween. Mm-hmm. It seemed like, you know, things was kind of sporadic you know, the first part and middle part of October, but about that week of Halloween, the bucks was starting to get on their feet more and the does was being more active. And so the bucks was always moving more, whether it's morning or evening, mm-hmm. you know, and that was always one of my favorite times. And even now I, well, I've even told Scott, you know, my first year hunting in eight years, I'm not going to go much the first part of October, but that Week of Halloween, I'm gonna be out there as much as I possibly can. Right, it's just always been
0: it's just always been one of those weeks that I prefer even over the hunt mm-hmm. or the rut. Yeah, and that's a good way to maximize those October sits is to hold off until some of those first does are coming in in early October. It's not even November yet. Those bucks are maybe one runs through your hunting area and the bucks are going crazy looking for her. And you're just seeing a ton of movement that last week of October into Halloween. And I've had some of that on trail cameras there at your place. Mm-hmm. Some of the best bucks I've got on camera there are October 26th, October 31st. Yep. That's that, always... That last week into October. For some reason, I don't know if it's the weather or the daylight, time, you know, the time
1: of daylight hours and stuff. But for some reason, that week, you know, leading right up to Halloween, has always been a good week around here. hmm Yep. I think you've seen that during deer season too, haven't you? It
2: usually is the first
1: good good week it's a good run yeah
2: Yeah. for for bigger bucks more mature bucks now if you're just wanting to get out and hunt uh and get something in the freezer you know get a mature doe uh yeah they're going to be moving pretty much whether it's 55 or 75 Uh, bucks not so
1: much yeah but i mean as a rule you know you and i've been cutting up deer for years and it seems like as a general rule that last week of october is when we start seeing the bigger more mature bucks coming in
2: yeah that's
0: when that's when you'll start seeing those right mm-hmm. and he talks about here and while we're talking about the time of month uh, one thing he hits on is uh, the the time of the date or that time of month still can be bad if you don't have the right weather so if it's 85 degrees on those last few days of october oh yeah you might as well stay in the house yeah you're probably going to have better sits on say the 5th or the 6th if there's a 20 degree temperature drop right so don't necessarily like i said it's hard to with your vacation if you're gonna set your vacation and you want to get some hunting in october that's probably a week i would circle on your calendar for sure for all the things you said but if you can if you have the flexibility to pick and choose your days and be a little more late on when you get them in look for those those weather fronts because the And seeing it from the stand and in the shop, uh, one of the biggest deer I've seen in the last five, six years, was on October 4th, and he was out an hour before daylight. I got video of it, and seven to ten mile an hour wind, a cold front had just moved through, which we don't get a lot during the first week of October, but that year we did. And it was that evening after one had moved through, kind of like what I talked about earlier, and he's out on his feet eating in a cut cornfield. An hour before daylight and this is a 170 plus inch deer you know so it's not like he's dumb he just that weather changes and ev- like everything we've talked about gets him up on their feet moving a little more and he hits on that range too here which we talked about just a little bit earlier this is one of the biggest bucks i had on camera all year since check to mock scrape i made around 11 a.m on october 3rd This supports my observation that bucks also seem to range more during these fronts, venturing further away from their bedding areas. You don't have to be tight to buck bedding during a cold front. They love covering ground, checking scrapes, and working rub lines well outside of their core bedding during those cold snaps. So, one way you can get in trouble, and we've seen this with some guys we went to their property, they're hunting right on top of bedding areas, which I'm all for getting in there tight with them if you can do it the right way. But if you get that cold weather, you don't have to be, like he said, right on top of it. So that's, they expand their range and get a little farther away and still catch them in the daylight. And running cameras and stuff, I'm sure you've probably seen some of that. Maybe get more pictures on those those colder days. And we've just had a, oh, yeah. a cold front kind of move through here in the last week or so. And I haven't checked my cameras yet, but I expect to have pretty good pictures on those cameras just from the weather. Uh, your experience with that, you know.
3: Yep um yeah they uh they certainly like being up on their feet uh just like scott said you know uh we like it when it gets when it cools off uh go outside start doing some of the hard work in the yard or something you know um the bucks are they're more willing to spend more time on their feet i think um uh not staying as close to cover um i will say i was was just thinking uh earlier when you said october 4th um, one of the one of my deer on the wall I killed uh, back when I was fifteen. Of course, I just wanted to be out there no matter what. Right. If right. it was if season sure. was open, I intended to be out there. Um, it was October eighth or 9th I can't remember the day for sure. Um, but I killed a, a real nice ten pointer on a water hole. It was ninety four degrees. I remember that. Uh, like I said, I just wanted to be out there. Um, I do think uh, that if you do have a buck somewhat patterned um late September into the first couple of days of season. If you do have him somewhat patterned and you're willing to go out there on a really hot day, uh, which I'm not anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, right. I'm not willing to go out there. And you also run the risk of ruining some meat, you know. Uh-huh. Um if you don't if you don't make a perfect shot and get him picked up, you're gonna ruin that meat. Um but uh, like I say, fifteen I just wanted to be out there. Um, right before dark, uh he did come in that water hole, gave me a good shot. Um, I was hunting a water hole, um, Uh, at the time that's just one of the easiest spots i had to get to you know but looking back um, i was right there close to bedding i had the water right there Um, i did make a good shot thankfully i didn't lose him or anything Uh, but that is another option i suppose if a guy had one patterned uh, what you thought was pretty good that might be an option for you Mm -hmm. Um, uh, he's got a drink especially on those hot days he's got a drink but again I'm not willing to get out there on those hot days anymore. Yeah, it's just not if, enjoyable.
2: Especially if, he, if like you said, your water hole is close to your bedding area. Yes. He, on a hot day, he doesn't have to move that far. Yes. Uh, yeah, it makes a difference, I think. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, but cold fronts are definitely uh, the, the potentials there. Uh, so much more for a cold front, you know, ho- hunt those good weather days.
0: Absolutely. Um, so, like what you were talking about, I had a stand last year, which I've moved this year, that was over a little pond. Because I didn't see as much movement after those warm days were gone, which I didn't want to be hunting anyway. Uh, I do remember one day early in the season where it was warmer, um, just one of those days where I thought it might be a good day to catch him going to water. Nice three and a half year old came in, got a drink, uh, relatively close to what could be a bedding area for them. So he may have been laid up in there. So uh, yeah, like you said, and whether that's a pond or a water hole you've went in and made, dug out and made for the deer, which is which is a strategy in itself for early season, even throughout the season if it's located properly. Definitely hunting water, if you're going to hunt those hot days anyway, is a, a good strategy to have. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're getting those warm days early in October, maybe that cold front doesn't come in until the second or third week. If you've got them on their summer patterns and it's been warm for a while, they may not necessarily change those summer patterns as early as they would have so you can still catch them on that, again, like you said, in that early part of October.
3: Yep. Not saying that's uh, not saying that's the perfect time to capitalize or anything, but it is an option. Right. Um, if that's when you do have time off, um, it is an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, you're not going to catch me out there when it's 94. Um, right. My gosh, it's going to have to be a, just uh, an absolute monster for me to be out there and really think that I'm going to do any good. You yeah. Because yeah. uh, the chances are very slim. uh uh, in my opinion uh but if you got a good spot uh maybe you got an oak flat or something maybe you got a creek right there next to it you got easy access um i mean you're gonna sweat getting in there when it's that hot Mm -hmm. you know i mean everything's got to be perfect uh if you're gonna hunt one of those hot days like that you know
0: that's another reason in itself just to not just stay home in the air condition if it's that hot or you know and and i know a lot of guys married guys you got family at home whatever it is, um, you want to spend time with them too. So during that hunting season, everybody sees the memes on Facebook about how, oh, I'm going to be gone. You know, you're not going to see me for three months or whatever. So if you can capitalize on those cold weather days and not hunt as many hot days, then you're still balancing that, you know, that home life, I guess you could call it, with your hunting. And (laughs) everybody's happy that way, (laughs) as opposed to you're just being gone to be gone. So
3: try to take care of the honeydew list on the hot. That's days.
0: right. How long you been married? <laughs> long enough. <laughs> long enough. Uh, well, I guess that's why I've been divorced three times. Well, it could be. You should have been hunting those hot days. Maybe if you if that drives you to hunt the hot days, maybe you reevaluate that relationship. But. Um,
1: I like to. What he said something about the creeks. Most of my. Uh, hunting most of my hunting has been done on along the river or creeks uh and that's why and i don't know you probably picked this up on me when you know we've been scouting Mm -hmm. either for me and you or for clients and stuff i'm always the first one looking for creek crossings because on a hot day like that that's where you're going to find them deer they may be bedded up anywhere along the river or creek, mm-hmm. but they're going to go to one of them crossings to get them a drink or to cross over to the other side. So not only is it a natural funnel, but it's also a place, uh, if you're going to hunt hot days, which I don't recommend, but, you know, I know how time goes. And you, mm-hmm. sometimes you just got to go when you can go, mm-hmm. regardless of the weather, you know, them creek crossings, river crossings, those are a really good spot to set up at.
0: Right. So... That's kind of something else we can talk about, and we've hit it on a little bit with with water holes now. What are maybe some of your, anybody, favorite places to set in October, whether it's that last week um, or early in October? Kind of maybe what's your best place to set up that you like setting up at in October and why? I know we talked about being close to bedding. Um, or being farther away from bedding can be on those colder days, but maybe what's some of your best setups in the past or or, pinch points and
1: natural funnels. You've known me long enough and you've hunted with me and stuff. You know, that's what I look for. Mm -hmm. Uh, especially down the bottoms where i used to hunt hard all the time. You know, you'd have the le you'd have the levee on one side of you and the river on the other side. Well, you found, I would find the places where the levee would come in close to the river. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, may only be 50 yards wide at the most, you know, and set up in the middle of it. Eventually those deer are going to have to go past you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and that's always something that I always look for when everybody's hunting that area down there. Or even now, you know, even though, well, me and you went and looked at a new spot the other day, mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's no, no real levees or pinch points, but you can You know, we spotted those natural funnels, whether it's transition zones or the way the creeks, you know, I had a creek running through it, the way they followed the creek, you know, and funneled that to a certain part where they come out into the field, you know, Mm -hmm. on an inside corner or something. You know, you look for places like that, and that's what I look for, and that's what I really focus my attention and my time on.
0: Yeah, and and especially, and that's kind of a year-round thing, too yeah it's not just october november
1: is i mean it's a year-round deal
0: i mean that that can help you in october and then even in later in the season which we'll do an episode for you guys later kind of as the hunting season goes on about what our strategies how they change with the season and all that but again that's that's a tried and true strategy all year round in october november december wherever it is pinch points funnels natural funnels inside corners saddles you know we're yep. down
1: there in kentucky and i've shown you the saddles are on the ridges you know and you know this any place that's going to be easiest for you to walk yep. that's where the deer is going to go too. Mm-hmm. they don't like to put out any more effort than we do
0: for sure yep. you know
1: and not if they don't have to
0: right um huh. nate what are kind of some of yours if you got any kind of off the top of your head favorite spots whether you know october whether it's beginning of the month for that warmer weather or when the cold front's coming through later in the month whatever it may be
3: uh acorns i'm always going to look for acorns um of course i got a lot of oak trees where i'm at and i uh all my creeks um i love hunting creeks love being close to a creek but i don't have any big creeks um all my creeks uh 90 of my creeks they could jump over if they wanted to mm-hmm. um, four foot deep five foot deep um eight foot wide, 10 foot wide, if they wanted to jump it at any point they could. But of course I'm going to look for those, uh, those tight turns where a little sandbar's coming down. Um, any, uh, any headers where all of a sudden you're just in a little bitty trickle ditch, you know, and then all of a sudden it drops off to four foot deep. Uh, I'll look for all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, cause it's good. Just like you said, they want to take the path of least resistance the easiest, as long as they're moving normally, you know, that's what mm-hmm. they're going to do. That's what I'm going to do. Right. Uh, but acorns uh, i got a lot of white oaks um if i can get uh easily access uh an acorn flat or a ridge or something you know if i get in there easy um low impact i'm going to do that uh now some of mine could be hard to get to um i'm not going to push it in october whatsoever i'm not going to push it um i feel like uh a lot of times i wait till at least late october before i really go um i Would rather people around me uh, get deer stirred up, you know, let them do what they're going to do. And then I'd like to hunt just as low impact as I can, try to be smart going in and out. Mm -hmm. Uh, But acorns and then clover patches, I've got a a few little clover patches, you know, i try to keep them in real easy access areas. Um, I've had a lot of, uh, seen a lot of uh, good movement on that stuff. Um, Don't feel like you can go wrong with clover Um, uh, as a food source there in October, um, but acorns, I mean, if I could stand up and start eating you know wherever i was i'd I'd probably do that, you know <laughs> yeah, right, um, so acorns, I feel like acorns are great um and uh oh, we talked about uh uh the rut a little bit ago, um last year, I happened to see the first uh first hot dough that I know I had was on Halloween um that's when uh when everything really kicked off for me uh, I think it was Halloween night. Um, I had that, uh, I had a hot doe him in the food plot, but she did not have a buck with her, uh, two hours after dark. I drove back by there on the road and one of those bucks that I was talking about that I would have liked to have got a hold of, uh, he came right up there. He had her pushed up in a little bitty, uh, little bitty thick spot right next to the road and he had her pinned down already. Uh, that's the earliest I'd ever seen that, uh, was mm-hmm. Halloween. So, you know, they can come in early there like that. Yeah. That's the early, earliest I ever remember seeing uh, but she's definitely hot. He had her pinned down there. Um, but I was hunting the clover plot that night. She came in. He just wasn't with her yet.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, you got any favorite,
2: favorite spots from being in October? In a, yeah. Being in a business, you, you, you kind of go when you can go. Like right. In the archery business, that's my busy, that was my busy season. Uh, in the processing business, it, it's my busy season. So you get a day off, you can go yeah the weather is nice to be able to say okay i'll wait a couple days but where i am and if i get three or four hours i'm gonna go so uh, for me i I can't always pick the weather Uh, i think uh, scouting around seeing where you want to be whether it be creeks uh, white oaks are hard to beat in early season deer for whatever reason white oak acorns um, especially your bucks will, will seem to feed on those even with a the cornfield to this side and the beanfield to that side and the clover field over here they seem to to like whatever it is about those white oak acorns uh, early on uh, so for me uh, when i could go if i could go early even when it was warm uh, a nice white oak patch hard to beat mm-hmm.
0: and that's kind of what where i'm at with that early season so early on If you get that big temperature drop and maybe it's 85 degrees to 70 degrees, 70 degrees still is not necessarily that cold for deer, but just that drop in temperature may have them up on their feet. So that's when maybe you go in there and hunt those areas with the low stem count where they still got a lot of air moving through to keep them cool. So they're going to be comfortable moving around in there as opposed to where it's real just hot, dead air like we all know can be in the woods from just setting up stands, running cameras. If you're in those real thick areas where they like to be when they're hard horned and it's colder, it gets really hot in there and the air just stays. So if you can get into kind of those more open areas, kind of like in the backside of that property we looked at the other day where it really opens up and if you can get right on that transition line, if you've got the spot where it goes from thick to open, that's a good place to be in those warmer days. And then just in general in October, like I said earlier, the deer will feed five times a day and they'll feed twice in their bedding and then three times the rest of the day, two times at night. And that last evening feeding, you can hit on them. Those mature bucks still may not come out. And then we hit on this a little bit last week. They still may not come out into those fields in daylight, but you can hit those acorn flats and get tucked in there 50, a hundred yards off the field edge where those big bucks are going to be hanging out before dark, before they come out into the open where they're not going to be necessarily during daylight. So, I think those areas with the lower stem count where you got some airflow and it's keeping them cool if it's a warmer day. And then, like everybody said, acorns are really nice in early season. Clover, another good thing, like you said. Um, but, yeah, those are kind of some of the places, you know.
1: I'll tell you one of the best strategies me and your dad had. <clears throat> we'd go into a big timber and and uh, we'd take your mom. And we'd throw your mom up into just some random tree out in the mm-hmm. middle of the woods me and him would go off and we wouldn't see anything, and she'd have deer all around her. So, mm-hmm. you know,
0: use your mom as a decoy. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, not everybody has that luxury. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't remember just, doing that. You don't remember I that?
1: Don't that. Remember. <laughs> I vaguely do. But I think that, she
3: still remembers us doing that. Uh, I don't I think th- that was
1: me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure you was there.
3: I was <laughs> going to say, what would Lisa say? Uh
0: huh. Nasty rumors.
1: Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But no, we would. We. Uh, you know, me and you hunted that timber, and there was a lot of hickory and flat ground in it. But we always seen the most deer up there on, the, up there on the oak flat. Or, and well, you it had, was open. Yeah, it was open oak. Yeah, Yeah, open oaks, and you always had a lot of success up there. Yeah, I'd try to go hunt the, you know, the funnels and stuff, and he'd be up there on the oak flats, and I'd usually always hear at least a one thump <laughs> where we go, right, <laughs> whether it connected or not. I don't know, but right.
3: Um, No, he always did good up there on the Oak Flats. mm -hmm. I can think of another guy right now, too. Uh, He normally always had one good buck killed uh, by the end of October, uh, and Oak Flats was what he was always after. Always, 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 you know, uh, and he somehow managed to pretty much always get it done.
0: Mm -hmm. And generally around here, uh, oak trees are a dime a dozen. Maybe you don't have a ton of them on your property, but if you've got a couple, that's even more of a a good place to be because those deer are going to find them. So it's not like they've got a big Oak flat on one side and another big Oak flat on the other. You can still go hit that one, those few trees you've got, but that's kind of a kind of something they move. They'll move away from into November when they're in the rut and they're focused more on chasing does during the daylight and those nighttime feedings or hitting those big ag fields or your, your food plots, which hopefully you got out, um, That'll be there in November, and but it, it'll come back again too if there's acorns left later in the season. You'll again you'll start seeing them hitting those. But definitely in October, I think that's a really good place to be and in that open stuff. Which then once you get to the colder weather, even in October towards later October, then you're starting to hunt those those funnels get even hotter because they're cruising those and those those does are using that all year well those bucks are cutting those doe trails now and it's colder and it's getting closer to the rut, maybe those are kind of some some better places to sit. So I don't know. And and it's be similar to your November stands. Uh, You talked about how you got those set up and maybe why you do, and and that could be beneficial in later October too.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, Jeff talked about saddles earlier. I got one stand. Uh, Well, the one I was talking about uh, having a real good morning bucks chasing does uh, through a valley uh, and then up on the ridges on both sides. I call that stand the saddle club um within 40 yards of me down the ridge each way there's seven saddles that come up within that 40 yards both directions 80 yards span uh come up out of these deep ravines um it's a nice flat open uh, ridge top there uh and there happens to be acorns too uh, but i can see the bottom of both ridges um and the bucks that start moving through there uh the last week of october they kind of start they always have a scrape line up there I'm uh, not saying I'm hunting the scrape line, but it, it could could be beneficial. You know they're there, but they're probably there at night. Um, but those saddles are the easiest places for them. You know, if he's cutting the wind, if he's trying to, trying to get across wind, you know. Um, smell those bedding areas. I've seen the deer lay on the hillsides right there. Um, he's, he's out cruising. He's looking. Those saddles are key. Um, and then, of course, the creeks in the bottom. I'll see him run the creeks. And then uh, an hour later... If he, he might come back up the creek and then he cuts that saddle, he'll come up there with me and he'll run on the ridgetop for a while. Um, So yeah, uh, when they're cruising, gosh, you got to get in those tight spots. That's, uh, you look for him, he's going to use them. You know, you just got to be in the right one when he's there. Mm -hmm.
0: And that, uh, what you just said there reminded me, and talking about those, maybe those rub lines, um, that they're maybe going to hit at night, but another strategy for October and really throughout the whole season until the rut where they're not focused don't really the only thing they're focused on is those does and the rest of the season especially October you can hit those scrapes whether you've made a mock scrape form or those community scrapes because they'll work those things all times a day you know they'll come up to that licking branch and check it and maybe play in the dirt a minute and then they'll move on I try to have and I know we set up a couple the other day at least one mock scrape per bow stand that I have within bow range that I can shoot because those bucks are going to find them and then they'll frequent those scrapes to keep their scent fresh on that. Whereas a rub, maybe they go and rub the tree once during when they're in velvet or they hit another one one time as they're putting their scent out, maybe on those cold weather days where they're feeling a little antsy or towards the rut, the beginning of the rut. Maybe they hit them once and they never hit them again. But those scrapes, they'll continuously come back to them, hit them during the daylight hours, that's another really good thing in my mind for October. And we've seen a lot of guys, uh, one of the guys, customer of ours, has a ton of success hunting mock scrapes, kills big deer every year uh, hunting over those or just using them to pattern his bucks and seeing them in the daylight and figuring out where they're going, where they're coming from, stuff like that. So that's another thing too I really look for, whether it's a natural scraper or if I go in there and make one. Try to I try to have at least one if I can by every stand now there's some stands where it just doesn't work out but within bow range at every stand that can be another thing to really help you in october um on some of those those better weather days not necessarily going to work them on a hot day because they're not close to their bedding unless you are tucked up closer to their bedding but especially on those colder days that can be a good they're going to be out scent checking because they've been laid up they haven't hit that thing in three or four or five days because it's been warm now that cold weather moves through they're going to hit in all their old spots where that you know, where they can get their sin in there. Mm -hmm. And those are good days to hunt those as well in October, for sure.
1: I think another thing that guys tend to do a lot during October is they want to hunt right on the field edge. You know, I never had much luck during that. I always like to be 30, 40 yards inside the timber, you know, because them bucks and those two, like, you know, the first – Hour or so before dark, they're going to be in the timber and they're going to be running parallel Mm -hmm. to the field edges. They're going to be, you know, looking for danger and just kind of milling around, chewing on acorns, checking box scrapes or whatever. And I think that's what a lot of guys get in trouble with is they want to hunt right on the field edges where they can see, hopefully see 20, 30, 40 deer out there, you know.
2: Mm -hmm. A hundred yards away.
1: A hundred yards away. Can't shoot any of them. Didn't right, shooting, mm-hmm. but you can see them. But if you, if you, if that's what you want to do, <laughs> yeah. But if you move back into the timber, at least within your effective shooting range from the field edge,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you're going to see a lot more deer, especially in the early part of October, because them deer just ain't quite ready to come out into the open yet until right at the last light,
0: right? And are coming out for that feeding,
1: yeah. And then you better hope, you know, they come out right underneath of you, yeah, because you're not going to get a chance at them,
0: yeah. And that's another thing. In December, too, guys hunt. Obviously, you want to be hunting food, but in October, like you just said, hopefully they come right beside you because if you look at a field edge and you walk down the edge of the woods, okay, you're walking down. Well, there's a good trail. You walk another 30 yards, 40 yards. Well, there's a good trail. You walk 50 yards, 60 yards. Well, there's a good trail. There's no way to tell You'll see all them good
1: trails coming out to the woods. What you want to look for is a parallel trail inside the timber that cuts all them
0: trails going out. Where all those trails are coming from a general direction, get back in there like you're talking about off the edge, find where they're kind of coming together right? and then coming out instead of, okay, I'm going to sit 20 yards from this trail and cross my fingers and hope that big buck walks out here instead of 200 yards down the field edge, yep. which you see so often when you're hunting those big ag fields is they can come out anywhere and especially bucks. Mm-hmm. How many times have you seen a mature buck come out of the same spot time after time after time? Oh, you won't. No. They're smarter than that. You know, down there where I was hunting,
1: you know, we had 4,500 acres of just that we farmed Mm -hmm. of just big ag fields, you know, and you might see him come out here one day, and the next day he might come out a mile and a half down on down the levee somewhere to a different spot. You know, you can't go by that. But you can almost guarantee you if you're in his zone, he's going to cut them paths inside the timber at some point or another, whether it's in the morning the afternoon mm-hmm. the night you know evening or a day or two from now or whatever he's going to be in there yep and that's what you got to kind of look for
0: yep and i think that's a good cold weather strategy too where they're they haven't like i said haven't been checking their scent spots they haven't been checking scent to see if any coming in either so you get that cold weather front moving in you're hunting on the back side of it You're hunting inside the woods where the bucks are going to be cutting those doe trails. That's a really good place to be because those does, like you said earlier, um, they're using the same trails year-round, coming in and out. The bucks know that just as well as we do, so they know where to go to scent check those and then find out if there's any does and esters in the area, which they're going to do when that cold weather moves in they're feeling a little more active. So that's a good point, too. Um, We've seen a lot of that on client properties where guys have their stands set up, doesn't seem like for any other reason other than they can see, or it's on the field edge, you know, and it's not necessarily the best spot to be.
1: Well, that's how they hunt on TV.
0: Well, right, exactly, which which is what you see, you know, and TV, Facebook, YouTube, whatever it is, you see guys, because they've got their cameras up there, and a lot of guys fall into that. And and maybe it's just because they can
2: see thirty or forty deer, even if they're hundred yards away. A camera, it's absolutely the reason yeah. they do that. Yeah, you get more footage on the edge of a field. You zoom in a hundred yards, and you can't tell if that deer's thirty yards or or a hundred in a camera lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's absolutely why they do it. Yeah, yeah, footage. Yep, which makes sense. You're not going to tuck yourself back in oh, there. Where you can't. You can't, see can't blame anything. them for it. It's just the way it is. No, that's right. marketing. Yeah, you yeah. yeah. uh-huh. know
1: they're marketing their product and that's the way they can do it is by putting deer on film.
0: Yep. Out in their five, six acre food plot of whatever seed they're pushing. They're out there on that field edge, filming them in that, in that field where they've planted, you know, they get lucky and, and have to shoot one, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's an inconsistent way to hunt. And what we're trying to do here and talking about this whole time is maximizing your time in the woods sit in the better days and not only the better days but the better stands on those better days so uh that's that's kind of what we're looking for here not not wasting your time in the woods um what maybe are some like when you first started or early on when you were hunting some places you sat and you thought you know this should be great but early in the season you kind of fall into that october lull as they'll say um uh, Maybe what are some stands or places you can kind of remember being just abnormally slow and think that may have had something to do with just location or anything I mean anything come to mind as far as that goes
1: Oh about every stand I've ever sat in <laughs>
0: yeah I mean
1: really I mean you're going to hit that lull. you right. can't you can't get away from it you know it's it's kind of you know unless you're on a on a game farm. Right, You know, and I'm sure they have lulls on them too. But, you know, there's just going to be that time of year and stuff. There's going to be that period where the deer just ain't active at Mm -hmm. all, except for maybe at night.
0: Right. You know, it's just. And I think that's kind of what we're trying to talk about avoiding here is, like you said, there's going to be those times, and most of the time it's when the weather's hot in October. Don't burn yourself out on those days because then you're going to fall into that. Well, I'm in the October lull. Well, if you'd hunted three days ago when it was. Fifty-five degrees outside with the north wind. you just saw all kinds of deer, but instead you're hunting this next week. Which, if that's the day you got off to go, that's the day I got off to go. I'm just saying, don't burn yourself out on those hotter days when that October lull hits, of that warm weather, whatever you want to call it. Um, try to hunt the best days and and
1: don't burn yourself out, but don't burn your stands out. Exactly, that's just and, what I was thinking.
0: Yeah, yeah, which I, a lot of guys will do that time of year.
2: So. Yep. Yeah. I think if you're if if you you go like like when I was younger and and had those jobs, you go when you can go, but sometimes you go with a different mindset. Okay, it's 70 degrees. Yeah, I'm, by golly, I'm going to go hunting tonight. I, I've got the I've got guys working for me. I'm, I'm I've got the time. Am I going to go out there and try to kill a 170-inch buck? Well, probably not going to see one. But but can I can I pattern a doe? Maybe maybe I've got this stand. The wind's good. Maybe you want to see what's what's going on around that stand with the wind, not fully expecting to see a buck at all. I'm going for a different reason. I'm going for a later reason. You know, go with that mindset. If you got the time to go, by all means go. Right. Mm-hmm. But don't go every mindset thinking you're going to kill a wall hanger. Yeah. But go with I'm, I'm going to kill a wall hanger later because I went today. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. And that's two things there that. You guys hit on, and you said with that, lower set your expectations for the time of year and the days you hunt. If those are the days you can hunt, like you said, make sure your expectations are where they need to be. That way you're not kicking yourself or getting more out because you're not seeing that 170-inch deer on that day when you could go hunting. And then the other thing, like uh, Jeff and Nate said, don't burn your stands out, which I I kind of mentioned it in passing earlier. If you do have those days, don't hunt your best stands Because the last thing you want to do is get in there and get blown out by a herd of does on a day when you weren't going to see a buck anyway.
1: Well, that's like, you know, me and you just talked about, we went and looked at that property the other day. And I told you, I said, the only time I'm going to go here is when the wind's out of the north or the northwest. Mm -hmm. That's the only time that you can reasonably hunt that stand or that timber without blowing anything out or without, you know, burning up your stand. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, if, I get a day off and the wind's out of the south and it's 50 degrees. Guess what? I'm not going to that timber. Right. I'll go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, even though the deer may be on their feet, even though there might be a 220-incher hiding behind the tree, you know, next to my stand, I'm not going to go there because I don't want to burn that stand
0: up. Yeah. And borderline days are not the days to hunt borderline winds. Nope. If you can get in November and it's getting late and deer are moving and that... Pressure is meeting the temperature where it's dropping. That's a really good time to be uh, in the woods. Everything's right. Um, it's the right time of year. You guys can hear the train in the background, I guess. <laughs> but like I said, um, if you're uh, if it's the right time of year, maybe that's the days you push those winds a little bit. If you're getting one that's just maybe right, it may be swirling a little bit. But you got to get in there because it's getting the crunch time on you. October borderline days in October are not the time to do that because then. If you do get in there and the wind switches on you, or it's blown out of the wrong way, and the deer comes from where you know they were going to come from, and you blow them out of there, they're not going to be there in October or in October or November either one. On those days, you should be hunting. So,
3: I do try to always have uh, every sit I go. I try to have a purpose uh, why I'm going there. Um, like you said, a lot of times uh, when the weather's not perfect, don't go out there expecting a big buck. Uh, but I will go to a stand that I know is easy to get to maybe i can see a long way you know because i don't have i don't have any big woods to speak of um i'm hunting little brushy draws um i can see across the field you know to other spots if i got a spot that maybe an observation stand that's safe you know whether i'm not pushing it I can see yeah they're they're over there you know i know i can get over there when the time's better there you go you know yeah. uh, but i try to have a purpose when i go out there uh to every spot you know uh maybe it's not to kill a big buck this time mm-hmm. uh but uh uh Try to figure something out. You know, go out there and uh, and set realistic expectations. Uh, I'm always going to be conservative. Uh, if I'm going to do something stupid, it's probably going to be between November tenth and twentieth when things are just pretty crazy. You know, right? Um, uh, like you said, uh, uh, the the risk is big. If you're going somewhere that you got a borderline wind, you know, I'm not going to go somewhere where I know I got an awful wind. But if you got a borderline wind, I might push it then uh you know when when the reward could potentially be high mm-hmm. um and also if uh i mean you're going to get ground scent anytime you go out there you're you're getting your scent out there if i can do it right before rain if if i can do it before rain or something that makes me feel better uh if it's a windy day i'm more likely to do something a little dumber maybe they won't be able to get just a full right. nose full of my scent you know right. Maybe they're going to have a harder time smelling me. Uh, but I do try to go out there with a purpose every time uh, and a realistic purpose.
1: Yeah. And no. I liked what you said about observation stands because they do play a role. Mm-hmm. You know, and <clears throat> you can't put those on the field edges or or, or just sitting in your vehicle from the road and oh, yeah. watching. You know, they'll help you determine a strategy, make up a strategy for some kind of deer that you want. And that reminded me of a few years ago. There was this really nice buck about a mile and a half from my house, and he stayed there all the time. And you can go through there in September and stuff, and you could see him out in the bean field. And he'd always went by this one big lone oak tree that's in the middle of an 80-acre field. And you'd always see him out there by that tree at a certain time of night you know, or evening, you know. And I was always thinking, man, if a guy would sit up there on that tree, you'd have that deer. Well, lo and behold... I wasn't the only one thinking that, and a neighbor boy sat up on that tree, and he ended up killing that deer out of that tree. You know, but that was because, you know, we patterned that deer, we watched him, we seen where he went and stuff, What through, just through observation. Yeah. And October, September, October is a good time to do that observing and stuff. You know, yeah, their patterns are going to change as the crops change, or and is harvested, you know, if cornfield's gone, or beans our bean fields are gone, you know, they're going to change their patterns a little bit, but as long as you can sit back and watch them, you know, and and you can kind of strategize on how, if you've got one picked out, you can strategize on how you want to attack, attacking, man. And until the rut kicks in and they get stupid and crazy and run all over the place, mm-hmm. you got a fairly good shot at him in October.
0: Yep. Yeah. And um, the purpose, like I said, Those low risk stands on if you're going, if if this is your off day and it ain't great weather, it's not a 70% day, you know, 70% chance of seeing that buck, 60%, whatever it is. If it's not over 50%, hunt those stands that are going to be safe. Observation sits. And I don't want to say go in there with a mindset that you're not going to kill him, but go in there with a mindset of I'm going in here to kill this deer but I'm going in here today to kill him tomorrow, two weeks from now. Yeah. Tomorrow, whatever. So you're still going in there to hunt that deer and kill that deer, but maybe it's not going to be today. So risk reward, like anything else, if the rewards low on those bad days, lower your risk too. And don't burn out your good stands. Don't sit your best stands. You're not going to sit the stand in his core area, 50, 60 yards off his bedding area on a bad day. Um, You don't want to do that and then burn him out. And, And back to what you were saying about hunting with a purpose, we were on a property this early, late winter, I guess. Um, The guy had two stands on the property, um, and he'd burn them out because that's the only two stands he had. That's his property to hunt. He limited Not necessarily hunting with a purpose on those stands, but hunting to be hunting, um, we got him set up with some different locations for different winds. So even if he does want to go on those days, here's the stands you go to, and here's why. So kind of a mindset thing, which we've been hitting on here a little bit in the past little, little bit here. Um, change your mindset. Make sure you're hunting with a purpose. And give yourself options if you have the luxury of doing that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be tree stands. You can go hug up next to a tree um, in a treetop that's fell, sit on the ground, um, maybe that's not the greatest observation stand, but if it's one of those better days and you don't have a stand set up for where you need to be on a wind, you can always go sit on the ground. Um, sure, you got to limit your movement when you're on the ground and be a little more careful, but you know that that's always an option too. Four out of the five deer I've
1: got on my wall that I killed from bow, I killed on the ground. Right, I right, only killed one of them out of the tree stand. Yeah, you know, and. Wasn't always just because that's where I wanted to be. It's just because that was the only choice I had. I didn't have a tree to climb my climber on or anything like that, you know. And I just yeah. pile up in a treetop or, or you whatever. didn't limit yourself because you couldn't. Get no, and that's the thing. That's why a lot of guys do. They limit themselves to blinds or they limit themselves to tree stands mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, don't limit yourself. Keep your options open, and you know it'll make you become a better hunter. Mm-hmm. You know, and. I'm not saying get out there and stalk deer and stuff, but you know, try hunting on the ground. Right. You know, and and just see what works for you and just don't limit yourself to what you're told is supposed to work. Right. And you know, what works for Nate may not work for me. Right. What works for me may not work for Nate. It may not work for the deer that we are hunting either. Mm-hmm. So you gotta right. keep that in mind also. Yep. You know. So don't just limit yourself to one strategy or yeah. Or one option or one stand or just a couple stands, you know. Don't be afraid, especially in October, don't be afraid to open your her,
0: Yeah. Expand your horizons.
1: Expand your horizons, I guess that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah.
0: And where a lot of guys fall into that, I think, is most of the deer they see killed or see on TV are in November where you can get away with hunting one strategy. Right. Um, this is what we're talking about for October. Give yourself options because when November rolls around and it's the rut, then I can go target this one buck in this one location. And if you burn the standout, you burn it out, you know, the best part of the season is behind you anyway. Then you got to change your strategy again for the late season, no matter what happens. So November is not necessarily as important to, I mean, you still want to hunt with a purpose, but you can get away with a lot more. We're talking about October where the deer aren't as dumb yet. I mean, they're, they have more than just one thing on their mind and... You got to give yourself options and the ground can definitely be one of those options. Like you said, killed plenty of deer on the ground. Um, I know back when I was hunting before I was old enough to be in a tree stand, I shot at, you know, wasn't old enough to shoot very well, shot at a ton of deer off the ground. And you wasn't in a ground blind either. No, just yeah. tucked up in a tree that's laid down in yep. some weeds, you know, make yourself a little bit of room yep. and tuck in there like that. I don't know if you've got any experience like uh ground hunting or just in general, October kind of changing things up just to maybe freshen things up a little bit.
3: I need a really, really big tree to try to hide me. I'm, <laughs> a, <laughs> I'm a big guy um, i uh so hunting on the ground lately has interested me last couple of years. Um, I have pretty much always gun hunted on the ground uh, in gun season. I like being on the ground. Uh, I'm gonna try to get somewhere where I can see good. Of course, you're shooting a gun, you know. Um, but uh, if I could get along a creek uh maybe up on the the break of the ridge, right there looking down at the creek, um I sure do like uh gun hunting on the ground if you need to move, you can, i suppose um mm-hmm. but uh, to me, gun season, all bets are off um, <laughs> right I, I don't I always go out there and I always hunt, uh but I don't enjoy it near as much as bow hunting. things are just so wild uh yeah. but that's about my only experience on the ground is gun hunting. Uh, and most of the time i'm going to be on the ground in gun season Uh, bow hunting i have bow hunted on the ground a few times i love the idea of trying to to get it done it's crazy you kill four big deer off the ground Uh, that's incredible i mean right there eye level with them and you still fooled them you know Mm -hmm. Um, i've had a couple of bow hunts where i got on the ground and again you know just like you guys are talking thick you guys gotta get somewhere thick somewhere you can hide good mm-hmm. background cover need a good backdrop oh yeah sure. yeah uh that uh, i did have good success um uh one of the most excited times i was i had a doe came like three yards away from me i was just in a pile of honeysuckle and she walked right around the edge of it um i can't believe she didn't hear my arrow on my wrist sitting there tink 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 tink, 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 tink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know um, but uh but yeah gosh that, that adds, a, adds a whole nother level of, ex- of excitement to it get yeah. right there eye level with them Yep. One of
1: the one of the best one best hunts that I was on was oh it was two thousand and ten I think it was remember when I killed that big ten pointer down there in the bottoms but yeah I think it was two thousand and ten but anyways I I was bow hunting down there in the bottoms by myself in a pinch point and I was up on a, I was in my climber and a cold front come through and it started icing and wind was a whipping and the tree was a rocking and I'm like I'm getting down out of here. Mm -hmm. And so I got down out of my stand, and uh, I thought, I still got an hour before dark. You know, I've been here this long. I've sat here all day. I'm not going to quit now. So I just tucked up against the levee bank, you know, down in one of them drainage ditches. And I was tucked up in there out of the wind and that. And about 30 minutes before dark, I seen a bunch of does coming. And they was coming up on the the flat that was up above me you know, about five foot above me. I was about five foot below down the ditch. They come through, and I let them pass, and I looked up, and all I seen was horns coming. So I went ahead and drawed back. I didn't know how big of a buck this was. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I was wanting to shoot him all. I knew that there was a buck coming my way. So I went ahead and drew back and got ready for him. And he come up there, and he was five yards away from me when I put an arrow in him. Turned out to be a 150-inch 10-pointer. Mm-hmm. You know, and you talk about fun. Yeah, I mean that was just fun, and that's yep. the kind of hunting
0: I like to do. Yeah, and and it's like like I said, it's another option, and it can maybe help you keep from being burnt out because you're doing something different. Right. In you October. know, the first
1: the first big buck I killed was a sixteen pointer. I killed it down here on Horse Creek after the tornado went through. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was no place to put a climber or a stand or anything. First time I'd ever been down in that part of the country hunting. You know, a friend of mine, Colt Front, was getting ready to come through. We went in there. He found a tree to climb. I couldn't find nothing. I just piled up in the treetop and thought, well, this is stupid. I'll just sit here and freeze my butt off until right. all it's time to go home. You know, had vehicles and people come across the creek and stand there and talk, and I'm like, I give up. I'm done. You know, and they left. And then 30 minutes later, here come this buck. Come walking right up there in front of me and started working a scrape, and I let him have it. hmm You know, and it's just, you never know. And, you know, most people, if they'd went in a place like that and seen there wasn't no tree to climb, they would turn around and went back to the truck. Yep. Yep. You know, so take advantage of your cover. Take advantage of the habitat that you're hunting and use it to, in your advantage. Yeah. And you'll find, you'll open yourself up to a lot more success.
0: Yeah, and if you only have a $120 budget for tree stands, Maybe that's one maybe two stands uh, you can still go sit on the ground for nothing yeah you know so a five dollar chair if not, else no. yeah or a bucket yeah you know go tuck up in something sit on the ground gives you another option especially yep. in October where you may if those are the only two stands you can buy you're gonna put them in your best places yep. if you get that day off and it's not a great day go sit on the ground don't burn those good stands out yep. so that's gonna kind of wrap up today's uh, episode. Um, any closing thoughts from everybody just kind of on hunting october maximizing your time out there i mean wrapping up kind of what we talked about can't kill them on the couch
2: that's right yeah if you get the time off go uh just have a plan mm-hmm.
3: yep you know, try to be smart be smart don't burn yourself out before the probable best part of season gets there uh don't burn those good spots out
0: right and but don't kill them on the couch don't let that make you think that uh, you shouldn't stay home on those bad days, you know?
2: <laughs> That's right. But, but you
1: got to get out there and go. Yeah. You I can't mean, just say, well, this October, I'm not going to go. I'm going to wait until the rut. Yeah. Just because
0: it's October. Because so, there you are is limited in yourself again. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And know. Then, so. Yep. So take those bad days. Maybe don't go. If you've got to go, be smart about it. Go with a purpose. Hunt those observation stands, those stands, low risk stands. If you get that good cold front coming through, try to hunt on the backside of it where everything's kind of settling back down and you got that cold weather for a couple of days. Those first couple days are going to be really good. If you got a big storm moving through, maybe it's pushed that feeding off for those deer. You can hunt on the backside of that storm where they're out moving in the daytime, temperature drops, all that stuff. Just trying to get you guys maximize your time in October. So you have more success. You have more fun doing it. You're not sweating your butt off out there. Um, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, Like I said, that'll do it for this week. Uh, We'll be back again next week. Hopefully you guys are enjoying this. Uh, YouTube, Spotify, going to try to get this one up on iTunes, the store if anybody's using that, uh, Apple Podcast and Google Podcast as well. We've also got some other YouTube videos going to be coming out weekly, so look for those too. Get on there, subscribe. Um, You can always find this on our website too. If you guys want to support the podcast like what we're trying to do, Um, Like I said before in the first episode, we're just trying to help you guys be better hunters and and have a better time in the woods because we see so many guys that we go out and help that by no fault of their own are just confused or don't really have a good idea what to be doing because of all the misinformation they get and all the information, whether it's good or bad, they they can't really sort through it. So we're just trying to help you guys kind of sort through some of that information. What's been successful for us, um, some of the stuff we've seen, we know, not that we know it all, we're the greatest hunters in the world, but... Have had some success between the four of us so it's you know, just trying to help you guys out so if you like that idea if you like the podcast um, we're always trying to make it better um, go to ridgehunteroutdoors.com if you're interested in us coming out and helping you with your own property you can go to ridgehunterpropertyconsulting.com great ways to support us and what we're trying to do here so thanks for listening guys and catch us again next friday